Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Comeback Sports Podcast. I'm your host, AJ, and this is Season 2, Episode 8. We got a jam-packed filled episode as usual. Me and my good buddy Hudson here are going to go over the NFL draft with our mock picks. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about college basketball with with some head coaching changes. So stick around. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have a quote of the week. Uh, And as you can see, we will be doing audio. The reason I do the audio is because I want to better show you guys our picks for the NFL draft. If we have any footage, it's going to be a little hard to do that. Um, but starting off, um, Hudson, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, man, glad to have you on the show. If for those of you don't know who Hudson is, Hudson is one of my coworkers. Um, he works with me, Brian, and Raj, who's also been in the show. As you can see, I just like having my coworkers on the show. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Hudson's it's good to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hudson's kind of my go-to guy in terms of like college sports. He loves college basketball and football. Oh, yeah. um, he's especially in the Big Ten. We both like Big Ten sports. Of course. Um, but yeah, what's new with you? uh not a whole lot to be honest just kind of going into draft preparation and you know looking new what's going on with the draft and uh just following college basketball as always pretty much so oh yeah how was your march madness bracket uh it did not do too well i think in our off to office (laughs) bracket pool we had i think i finished like 25th 26th out of like 50 so it's pretty pretty middle of the pack i feel you on that i (laughs) started out okay and then Towards this, let's see, round two, maybe Sweet 16, I was kind of in the middle of the pack with you, and and Houston started pulling through, and I was right. I was in contention to win it all, and but then they <laughs> lost to Baylor, and I lost it all. Yeah. I went from, like, second. Actually, I was tied for first um, with one of our coworkers, and then after that loss, I went down to back to the middle tier. That's just how it works. Um but yeah oh yeah i didn't tell you this so i have a friend he has like a friend or a acquaintance he just knows this guy he did some sort of fan duel um betting sweepstake uh-huh. and he won oh wow he won a million dollars jeez and I apparently apparently what my friend todd told me was um um shout out to todd uh he told me that like they were calling him and then like he didn't pick him up he didn't pick it up because it was like a new york number so he thought it was spam uh-huh. and i believe what he told me next was they like either came they came to his house to let him know he won jeez so i was like it's like winning the lottery pretty much i, I haven't gotten into sports betting yet but it's stories like that that kind of make me want to <laughs> of course that's how they do it. they get all these newbies are like oh oh this is interesting yeah yeah like, i don't have to lose money but i could win the return is higher if i do this little little game exactly they get you with that free money the 50 dollar uh sign up Bonus. Yes, <laughs> I actually did it with my girlfriend and her um and her family with the, for the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, we both we all got FanDuel accounts and it was like, oh, you put money in, um, you get like fifty bucks or two hundred, hundred bucks, some some um, number of money, uh-huh. but you don't lose much. You lo- you lose like ten bucks or something. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is easy. There's no there's no risk involved. Right. So that's how they get you. That's a low risk, high reward scenario. Exactly. <laughs> So let's get started with the NFL mock draft. Um, I, I love the draft. Um, it's just nice to finally see these boys that came into college and now they're graduating or leaving college become men in the NFL. Um, I like it a little bit better versus the NBA draft because it's usually just like 19-year-olds and they just, all right, make some money. Mm-hmm. I'm young, make some money. But these guys, they got to work, grind for three, three, three plus years to get to the NFL. And then you got all these Mel Kuypers and – all these dudes trying to evaluate them and see, oh, this guy will be picked in the first round. This guy will be the fifth overall pick. 
and I like to do that myself. And I'm sure Hudson does too. That's oh, why yeah. he's here to join me. <laughs> so this is how we're going to do it, guys. Um, me and Hudson are going to each, we'll kind of alternate. Um, I'll start with the first pick. Hudson gives his second pick, third pick, fourth pick. And we're going to give the reason why, such as uh, this team has, is lacking in this department or this position, and we think this person's the better fit. And then the other person will chime in and kind of give their take if they either got the same pick or someone else. So I will start off with the number one mm -hmm. overall pick. The Jackson Jaguars are going to pick Trevor Lawrence. Of course. Pretty easy pick. It's been He's been the projected number one pick probably since he was a senior in high school. He's been <laughs> in the spotlight for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Jags got a lot of picks, free, a couple of free agency moves they've done. And I'm curious to see how Urban Meyer does with this kind of – in the NFL because he's known to be like the godfather of like college football. Right. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, he's, he's a quarterback of the future. He's a franchise quarterback. He has the built, the mechanics, the athleticism. He's good under the spotlight. He's been in the biggest stage like every year he's played. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I could say that his freshman year is probably his best year statistically. And I think this matchup with Urban Meyer would be exactly what – the NFL needs, especially for Jacksonville. Right. Yeah, I got the same. I'm in the same boat. I got Trevor Lawrence. There's no other person who's going to get drafted there. Uh, I mean, just think about this. He's six six and is extremely mobile. Maybe the most mobile quarterback of the draft. Him in Fields. Yeah. Um, he is a very good runner. Uh, and you consider like most of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL are like a little shorter. Like you know, oh, yeah, Baker, Russell. They're all like six. You know six feet but he's got height to see over those defenders and uh congrats to him on getting married this past oh weekend. yeah i don't he know did. if you saw that congrats but. to him and his um his his wife yeah. i don't know her name but i don't know a couple <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure she's gonna have a nice future with him yep uh she's probably not complaining is she nope um but i think i've heard he's the best uh quarterback prospect since john elway i don't know if i'd go that far i'd probably say more like andrew luck because andrew luck was you know very highly coveted coming out of college um, unfortunately, that didn't turn out very well for me. I'm a Colts fan. Uh, but, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he's going number one to Jacksonville. Yeah, and one thing I want to note is, like, even when he has off games, um, his most recent off game was against uh, Ohio State. I ain't saying he played bad, but he just couldn't do much at the, that situation. Ohio yeah. State was just the more dominant team. But he still had two TDs and, like, 400 yards against, like, a potential national champion team. So, like, even on tough competitions, he does show up. Uh -huh. So that's why I like that's why I liked about him. So um, Hudson, True. go on with the second overall pick. This second pick belongs to the New York Jets. Who's taken? Yeah, I think since the Jets traded Sam Darnold, they'll definitely be taking a quarterback. Um, pretty much every mock draft right now has Zach Wilson from BYU at number two. I think I agree with that. I think I'll go Zach Wilson as well. Um, I don't really know why everybody likes him at number two, but since I mean, it just seems like the Seems like the best pick for them. And he's a very, he's also very mobile. He can make plays out of the pocket, uh, which is what the quarterback position is evolving into. So I think he really fits into that uh, really well. Um, yeah, I think I think he's just got a he's got a great arm. He's got a cannon. Uh, you know, it, it was weird. It was weird. I think a few months ago, towards uh, in the college season, even Justin Fields was pretty much a lock for that number two pick, but he kind of showed some weaknesses this past year. Um, and Wilson is able to uh, sneak in there and get that number two. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I believe the Jets will take Zach Wilson. Uh, as you mentioned, Sam Darnold's out of the picture, so they need that quarterback to take to fill in the role. I mean, um, their new head coach, uh, Robert Solom, he 
made some big moves. I like him. He did great as a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. They got some talent. They got Corey Davis, um, as we talked about earlier. He'll be a good offensive um, piece for them. And I think Zach Wilson probably makes the cut for the second quarterback. Is mm. Statistically, he's great. Um, I don't see any problems. He makes some really good NFL throws. And I there's a lot of – I think the reason why Justin Fields is overshadowed by Wilson isn't because people don't think Justin Fields is better. I think people think Zach Wilson has less red flags, mm-hmm. which I honestly think Justin Fields is not <laughs> – yeah. Is not a bad prospect at all. Uh-huh. I would make the argument. I think Justin Fields is the better prospect than Wilson, but that's just not the case with what people are seeing. And then the Jets probably see Wilson to be that future quarterback. The Jets want to. They want a safe pick. I feel like exactly. So. Yeah, they They're fucked not. up so many times, yeah. and they want to just make sure that they are <laughs> don't do it again. They don't do it again. Exactly. <laughs> and he's really. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Sam Darnold too. But he you're does, right. Yeah. Um, you're right, Zach Wilson. He he has some arm town. He's very mobile, so I'm excited to see how he does. Oh yeah. I will go on and announce the third overall pick. As we mentioned, Justin Fields is a top prospect, and I think the 49ers will pick Justin Fields over Mac Jones. Um, I just think it just makes more more sense to me. Um, Kyle Shanahan has worked with these kind of quarterbacks before in the past, and I think he's ready to get back to doing that again. And Justin Fields has that. He's probably the most athletic quarterback within this um, draft class. Mm-hmm. He just has more talents to showcase, and it's just crazy. I think the 49ers are almost there to being at that Super Bowl level caliber again. They just, you know, they had a lot of injuries last season, but they got some upgrades in the off season. And I mean, you got to watch out for Raheem Mozart. He was one. He was my uh, fantasy running oh, yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And w- once he's healthy, he's just a force you do not want to reckon with. And I like Kyle Shane. He's a great, young, smart coach. Like, he kind of reminds me of Sean McVay a little mm-hmm. bit. They're kind of oh, yeah. even look alike, too. Definitely. And I just think Justin Fields would be perfect because, as I mentioned, he has all these assets and he can just provide value. I just not. I, I talked to Brian about this. I am. I'm all about Mac Jones. I think he's a great quarterback. Makes great decisions. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks good in, on lots of in in a more uh, systematic style. Yeah, uh, but I just think Justin Fields has the higher ceiling than Mac Jones. Yeah, so um, go ahead and go with the fourth pick. What do you got, Hudson? Yeah, I I'm right there with you. I think I think I do like Justin Fields in the spot. Uh, I'm kind of afraid they are going to pick Mac Jones though. But I just I think what you you really hit the nail on top of the head when you said Fields has a much higher ceiling. I think Fields is still developing. Mac Jones was. Um, you know, he was kind of overshadowed for a while, obviously, behind all those great quarterbacks at Alabama who are now in the NFL. Um, but he kind of had – he didn't have a, the Joe Burrow season that Joe Burrow had his senior year, but he kind of, you know, he kind of came out of uh, hiding and showed what he's got. Um, but I think you just got to go with Justin Fields. Uh, Mac Jones, not a very mobile quarterback, not super athletic. I just think with the way the game is the game is going, you, you just got to go Justin Fields, even though Ohio State quarterbacks have a terrible track record. Uh, for example, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I like Justin Fields here. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's the pick. Um, I, I said go with the fourth pick, but I actually meant the third pick. But <laughs> go ahead and lead off with the actual fourth pick. Who do you have for the fourth pick? Yeah, this is tough. I think this is a pick that could get traded. Um, I think there's other teams out there that are looking to move up to get a quarterback. Um, so I'm not sure if the Falcons are going to keep this. Uh, but it looks like they still want to stick with Matt Ryan. So I think they're going to go get him another target. 
you know, think about the great tight end Tony Gonzalez who played in Atlanta for so long. I think they go with Kyle Pitts. He's the best tight end prospect we've seen since I don't even know how long. But 6'6", 240, that's a, that's a big dude. And I think he'll fit right in there with Atlanta. Uh, Matt Ryan will be a happy man when he gets drafted. That's right. I agree with that. And you're right. I do see some um, kind of trade speculation with this pick, maybe mm-hmm. with um, – I don't know, the Broncos, I see yeah. them taking that spot. But if the Falcons do keep their position, you're right. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. They're not ready to move on from Matt Ryan yet, considering the fact they just restructured his contract not too long ago. Defensively, I think the Falcons could use a cornerback or a safety. But I don't know. I just think Matt Ryan, he could use another weapon. I think that's kind of more priority. Kyle Pitts, yeah, he is – He's he has, he, in my opinion, from an – from the offensive prospects, he has the lowest chance of being a bust compared to these other guys. Mm-hmm. He's just physically, he's he's just physically gifted to be yeah. that guy. Oh, for sure. And Matt Ryan, I feel like Matt Ryan has trouble converting on the red zone, and I think Kyle Pitts could be that guy to kind of get Matt Ryan to that next, um, to get past that kind of uh, problem. Um, but don't be surprised if they pick like Patrick Sertain, though. I mentioned they need a cornerback, and he's one of the best defensive players in this in this round. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lead off with the fifth pick. Uh, this is a pretty simple pick. The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals have the pick, and Joe Burrow is their future. It's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. He met the expectations. He went above the expectations of uh, a, a Bengals quarterback, and I think they're going to go with Panay Suel um, from Oregon. He's the best O-line piece in this draft, by far, and he'll protect them. Mm-hmm. He's huge, and they won't have to worry about finding another quarterback in a draft. They can protect Burrow. That's true. Yeah, I think I think um, especially after Burrow's injury last year, uh, there's no there's no doubt in my mind they need to protect him and protect him for the future. Uh, I went back and forth between Sewell and um, Chase, Jamar Chase from LSU or Waddle. Maybe they'll go get him a weapon. But I think at the end of the day, they choose safety. Uh, they still have good. They still have pretty good receivers there. They had some uh, really good seasons last year. So I think they also go Penny Sewell although all of our picks have been the same so far I think but uh yeah I think no doubt about it they have they have to go uh tackle here uh yeah I mean maybe we have the same picks because we just <laughs> we're just both very intelligent with our hey, picks. maybe maybe so but you never know man things always change on draft night I feel like the first few picks are more like locked in than they are later on anyway yeah so, so I won't be surprised if our picks are different the further we go into this draft mm-hmm, for sure um so who do we have for the six is it, yeah the six yeah pick. six pick which is the dolphins uh which they got from the eagles tra- and they traded the eagles um i think it's tough i feel like they'll they'll get to a, a playmaker uh which one it is i keep going back and forth between jamar chase from lsu and jalen waddle from uh, alabama they're both pretty similar in size they're both about six feet um Waddle is pretty <laughs> he's a little bit more uh skinny a little bit more you know wiry uh so I'm gonna go Jalen Waddle here uh I just think he had a breakout season last year and if, if him and Chase are on the board I just think you have to go with Waddle um yeah I like Waddle he's a great pick and two has worked with him in the past um when they played at Alabama mm-hmm. together I just I'm not 100% sure on him due to the fact that he just came from an injury so me much of he's at 100% or where he was before he got the injury. But I'm going to go with Jamar Chase from LSU. Sure, he took a year off, but 
just remember he was the he was projected to be the number one receiver before the season even started mm-hmm. and he hasn't shown any traces of slowing down he's working off in the off season um he didn't he didn't play this year i think they say because of covid um but i think he didn't want to play because he knew lc was going to be in a downfall and he didn't want to hurt his draft stock which i think was the best choice in my opinion jamar chase i think is the best receiver in this draft and it would just make it easier for Tua to succeed. People are hard on Tua that he had a very underwhelming um, rookie year, which I don't think is fair. They're rook- you're a rookie. I mean, you, there's got to be some sort of like a little bit of, you know, like lead way or you can't be too hard on mm-hmm. rookies. But we, we think that rookies are always ready to go off, off the bat. Right. And like Dolphins were like in the bottom tier in terms of passing yards and another offensive weapon would definitely help them. And I'm going to go ahead and – move forward to the seventh pick which belongs to the Detroit Lions this was a little tough for me um they lost Kenny Galladay who was their best receiver Mm -hmm. and probably best one of the no not one of them but one of the top receivers in franchise history and they just brought in Jared Goff yeah which I don't think it's an upgrade compared to Matt Stafford Mm -hmm. but you got to give Goff some sort of like promise that you got to Give him some sort of room to succeed. Yeah. And invest, last year, invest in him. Exactly. Invest in him a little bit. Yeah. Right. And last year they used their first round pick for Jeff Akuda, who was kind of a little overwhelming. But I'm going to go with Devonta Smith because he's the Heisman winner. He is obviously one of the top best receivers next to Jamar Chase. He has the most experience among the receivers. He's been at Alabama for four years, I believe. He's special, man. And he'll be a good replacement for the Lions. But don't be surprised if the Lions pick Micah Parsons um, with that pick, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm in the same boat. I think they have to go get Goff, another playmaker, after losing Galladay. Uh, I believe their next best wide receiver right now is Marvin Jones. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go wide receiver, but a different one. I'm going to go uh, um, Jamar Chase here from LSU. Okay, so we flipped. Yeah. No, you – you did Jaden and Jaden. I did Waddle, Waddle for okay. for the Dolphins, and I did Chase for yeah the Lions. Okay. So cool. yeah, I mean, like you were saying, uh, he had a great great college year. Uh, it was pretty consistent. I think especially with uh, uh, Jamar Jefferson's breakout year from LSU with the uh, Vikings, people are going to want to have these LSU wide receivers on their roster. So yeah, I was I was saying, man, Joe Burrow was great, but his receivers were also great. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I think you're next with the eighth pick. Who's on the clock? It is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is a tough one, you know. They got they got Darnold, so I don't know if they're completely in the quarterback conversation for moving up. Um, they very well could be, though. Um, but I think I think they'll go. Uh, you know, they drafted that guy from Southern Illinois last year. I think his last name was Chin. Um, but he like basically changed their whole defense. They built their whole defense around him. Um, so I'm interested to see if they will go defense. Um, I think if they do, they'll go with Patrick Sertain from Alabama, another Alabama guy going off the board early. They're just <laughs> going to dominate the first round. Um, see, so yeah, I'm going to go Patrick Sertain here. They're really going to solidify that defensive uh, backfield. It's going to be one of the best in the NFL probably. Um, but, yeah, he's a six. He's pretty big. He's for a cornerback. He's 6'2", 203. Uh, you got to like that going up against taller wide receivers. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I'm going to have to go with um, Jalen Waddle on this one. Uh, as, it, as we mentioned, Sam Darnold came in the picture. Kind of the same situation Jared Goff. They want to invest him a little bit. Um, in terms of what Carolina was lacking last year, they're kind of the middle tier on 
defensively and offensively. DJ Moore is a monster. I had him in a fantasy league. I liked him, but that's all they have really in terms of off a wide receiver course. Um, so yeah, I think Waddle was on fire before his injury, and that as I mentioned, he was, he was injured, so that's I didn't want to pick him first as one of the, the first receivers to get drafted. But he was still a wide receiver one and on a very great Alabama team. Mm-hmm. He has some great breakaway speed comparable to Tyreek Hill, and it's just, it's just a great he's a great outside option for Darnold. And I'm curious. If his injury will affect him, hopefully it won't. But I think he'd be a good pick for the Carolina Panthers. So next is the number ninth pick. It belongs to the Denver Broncos. This one was a little difficult for me (laughs) because I wasn't sure if they were going to move forward with Drew Locke or pick someone else. Yeah. And I kind of thought a little bit. Drew Locke was drafted in 2019. That's true. I don't think they're ready just yet. It's Mm -hmm. in their minds, but it's not the first thing on their mind. Um, I believe they're going to give him one more year, and I think their ru- the run defense is lacking a bit, which is why I think they're going to take Micah Parsons um, from Penn State yeah. to come into this draft. He's the best linebacker, and this could really improve that part of the defense. He's extremely fast, and he's strong on the legs. So I would I really like to see him with the Broncos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think, yeah, their defense can definitely improve. Um I think if they if they do want to stick with Drew Locke, uh, I think they go and I think they get him another weapon. Um, so that's where I, I'm going to go, Devontae Smith uh, from Alabama. Um, I think I think he's I mean he's the best wide receiver left on the board after after Chase and uh, Waddle. So I think they go get I think they get Smith and they they see what Locke has and uh, it's just tough because you know this quarterback. This quarterback draft's going to be better the next year, so it's like they they really have to make their mind up right now whether they're going Drew Locke or not. I didn't think of it like that. It's a good point. Yeah, um, this is one of the best quarterback drafts we've had in a while, as far as quarterbacks going this early in the draft. Oh yeah, I mean there's what there's going to be like probably six six in the first round, at least five. At least five. Yeah. See if Trask goes in the first round or not. Yeah, he won't. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> I feel like he's not a first round pick. Um, but maybe a team will get desperate and go for him. But yeah, I'm going to go Devontae Smith here. Cool. Um, let's see. I can't Do you want to lead off with the 10th pick? Yeah, is it the Cowboys? Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, one thing the Dallas Cowboys don't need is offense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Dak coming back and their wide receiver core and Zeke still at running back, uh, I think they're going to go. That defense last year was – I mean, I remember they were just getting trashed every week on talk shows on sports – uh, Stephen A. Smith was just going off on him. Um, classic. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, – I think the I, – I went back and forth between J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina, and Micah Parsons. Um, I think I'm going to go J.C. Horn, uh, though. Uh, he's another good-sized uh, cornerback. Uh, he's 6'1", uh, which is just – it's a good size to match up with wide receivers. So I'm going to go J.C. Horn. Yeah, I like your pick because we both went for the same position. Um, there's ru- there's rumors that Jerry Jones is licking his lips for for Kyle Pitts if he has any lips. Um, <laughs> but he just won't be available. He'll, Kyle Pitts is, as I mentioned, one of the best offensive um, picks in this draft, and he'll be gone f- before Jerry Jones gets to him. So I, as you mentioned, the defense was atrocious. I kind of noticed that when I watched them play Seattle, another bad defensive team. But their offense is a fantasy team wet dream dude Mm -hmm. like you'll get a lot of fantasy points if you pick any of these um, dallas cowboy offensive pieces for sure getting weapon doesn't make sense to me 
And I, I trust that Jerry Jones and his staff can make a smart decision if Kyle Pitts is not available, and they will go with Patrick Sertain um, to be their 10th pick. He's a cornerback. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in this draft. He has elite size, strength, and he just has good overall talent. So moving forward to the 11th pick, we have the New York Giants. And the New York Giants will take Rashawn T and Slater, um, offensive tackle. Um, Giants, to me, they're, they're, they will be better this year. Mm -hmm. And I think they're lacking the offense. Defense is pretty sound compared to previous years. And they just got Kenny Galladay from the Lions, so that's going to help yeah. them. Daniel Jones, when I watch him play, he kind of lacks this awareness around. He's not really good at pocket awareness. Right. And giving him that extra support with this pick will definitely make it easier for him to make something happen. Mm -hmm. If not, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants take a quarterback in the next coming draft. Yeah. And I think Slater is the answer to that problem, and that will pretty much eliminate any excuse for Jones. As I mentioned, if he fails, Giants move forward with them, and they'll get another quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm actually agreeing with you here. I think they <laughs> they will also go with Rashawn Slater. Um, he's from the Big Ten, uh, Northwestern. Uh, so he's just he's he's the, you know the Big Ten is just like a lot of running or a lot of run games. I think he'll be great for the run game. Um, I think yeah, I think what you were saying about Daniel Jones is I think this could be his make or break year. Uh, this is it for him. If if he doesn't have a good season, they might look to bring in a free agent, look for a trade for him, um, or a draft. So we'll see what happens this year. I think the Giants definitely showed some signs of life last year, uh, especially like towards the second part of the season. So yeah, Rashawn Slater. Cool. Cool. And next we have the twelfth pick. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this was the Dolphins' pick. They traded it. Um, Jalen Hurts will be starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. I think he's a really exciting guy. Um, I went back and forth. I, I think if there's still a good wide receiver on the board, they might go with a wide receiver. But since I've already had those those big three wide receivers go already, uh, I'm going to go with an offensive lineman back-to-back uh, -back picks here. Christian Dereshaw from Virginia Tech. Uh, he's pretty pretty big he's 6'5 314 um I think they'll go with him and give Hertz more time in the pocket so he doesn't have to make as many throws on the run and risk injury um I think he'd be the, the best option at this point in the draft for them I like that pick um I'm gonna go with Rashad Bateman Bateman Ooh. um for uh, a wide receiver yeah uh, there's speculation that Carson Wentz had no help um some had to do with the fact that his, his top receivers were injured and with Jalen Hurts as a new starter he's probably going to need a new receiving core just to start out fresh. And I think Rashad Bateman has that NFL size, quick release off the start, and has some pretty clean routes. I think he, think he can make a difference for the Eagles because I don't really see too many great pieces for the Eagles for Jalen Hurts to use, and I think this guy will be it. Yeah, sweet. Um, let's see. Next is the 13th pick, and this belongs to the L.A. Chargers. I think they're going to get a tackle, and it will be Vera Tucker. Um like the Bengals, uh, they have their franchise quarterback. Um, Justin Herbert was a great piece, and I think the Chargers need to protect him. And this this guy can be the one to do it. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, the Chargers, Herbert had a great season. Man, he was a fun player to watch. Um, it's tough here as well. I think they might go with uh, 
defense, honestly. And looking at defensive players on the board still, you know, Micah Parsons is still available at this point. Uh, there's Quiddy Pay from Michigan, uh, who's a 6'4 edge defender. I think this is my, might be where they go. Micah Parsons, I feel like he'd fit really fit in really well there uh, in Minnesota. Um, just his personality. Um, I think he's just a beast. And it was it was uh, the Big Ten missed him last year as he opted out. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Micah Parsons here for pick number 14. Cool, I like that one. 13, sorry. Uh, and number 14 belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. Oh yes. Yeah, this is where I'm also gonna go. I'm also gonna go defense here. Um, I was looking at Quiddy Pay from Michigan. He had a really great pro day, from what I've heard. Um, he is an edge defender. He's 6'4", 272. That's a pretty big dude. Um, so, yeah, not a whole lot of analysis here on this pick. <laughs> um, I just think he's a safe a safe pick for them and would uh, provide them with a really good rookie season. Yeah, cool. I like that. Um, this one's a little tough for me because I wasn't too sure what the Vikings needed most, but I know um, Mike Zimmer is a defensive-minded coach. So I want the defensive player, and they're going to get Trayvon Morig as a safety for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, there, as I mentioned, like he's a defensive-minded coach, but their defense was n- kind of below the expectation, and their pass game was getting exposed. I mean, their pass defense game was getting exposed, especially by the Packers. So I think a little extra help would be beneficial for this team. Then next is the New England Patriots Ooh. at the 15th pick. Man, I like this one. Um, there's been speculation that they're going to they're going to trade up mm-hmm. to get their quarterback at the future. Um, either way, if they were to trade up or were to stay where they're at, I think they would get Mac Jones from mm. Alabama. Uh, they have Cam Newton right now, but other than that, they don't have anybody else. And I think Cam is on a one year contract again. Yeah. And they've really stacked themselves up this offseason. And I think Bill Belichick truly believes he can turn scrubs into elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has that mindset, what he did with Tom Brady and Jimmy G, that he can, if he can get a decent quarterback, then he can make something out of it. And I think Mac Jones kind of fits that mold, uh, what, what, what he's looking for. Like, sure, people are going to be shocked that – the 49ers don't pick Mac Jones, but I think it's just a clear. I think it's gonna be clear that it's gonna be clear to me. It's at least clear to me. Mm-hmm. And the Pats are gonna be like, they're gonna find a way to get Mac Jones. Yeah, he's a good system quarterback. Obviously, Alabama's known to make system quarterbacks, and for sure, it's. And I think he fits this kind of style. Um, Bill Belichick probably won't start him very much this season, but the following season, don't be surprised if he comes in and shows what's up. Yeah, as I mentioned, I like Matt Jones. He's a great decision maker. He doesn't force things. He knows who he is as a quarterback. He doesn't. He doesn't try to be play hero ball like some young quarterbacks Mm -hmm. do. So I'm excited to see what he does with them. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I agree with you here. I think they do get Mac Jones. I don't think they wait to take him at 15. I think they do trade up. Uh, We'll see where that is. Maybe they trade at the Falcons for the fourth overall pick. Uh, But I think Mac Jones really fit would fit in really well with. Belichick's offense with the scheme uh, I think he'd be a great I, I think he'll I think Cam Newton will start off the year but I think Mac Jones could be the starter by the end of the year um, I just think he can offer offer a lot in that passing game I think they're they're gonna need to work out some wide receiver stuff too because they just don't have a lot of weapons there um, but yeah I like Mac Jones at this pick I think he'll be a great fit uh, for that system yeah I didn't even think about the wide receiver problem but that's a good point yeah 
I think is, is Edelman. He's retired. He's retired. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I couldn't even name one wide receiver on that team. That's true. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they might. Maybe they'll uh, try to solve that issue in the later rounds of the draft. Yeah, hopefully they do. Uh, go ahead and lead off with the 16th pick. It belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, this is where I have. This is where I have a guy you, you uh, took earlier, the Eli- Elijah Vera Tucker mm-hmm. uh, from USC, SoCal. Uh, big offensive lineman, 6'4", 315. Um, I think that's just a, a team, Arizona's team, that could really use a, a lineman to help protect uh, Kyler Murray, who I think will be their quarterback for the next 10, 10 years, 10-plus uh, years. Um, and this guy had a great college career. Uh, he's coming out as a junior. Um but I think he can be a day one starter this season. Cool. I like that pick. Uh, for me, I pick Greg Newsom, quarterback, cornerback from Northwestern, I believe. I don't see too many bad spots in this team right now versus what they were last year. It just seems like they cover a lot of areas with their free agency moves they made. And I could see this team making a good run in the playoffs. They, they probably will get a, at least one playoff win. Um, their rush defense was trash, but getting J.J. Watt has, will definitely fix that. And they just lost Patrick Pearson to the Vikings. So it's going to require a replacement. And that's, how, and that's where I think Newsom comes in for the um, Cardinals. Yeah, cool. I like that pick. Um, so we're on to Las Vegas. Now, yep. Um, I'll lead off with the 17th pick for the, L, for the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Awesome. Uh, they're going to get a linebacker, Jeremiah um, Owusu. Uh, um, he went to uh, Notre Dame, I believe. So I'm going with a linebacker pick. The Raiders were 26 in rush defense, and this position could be filled. He's loose. He has loose hips, explosive speed, and it's easy for him to get from sideline to sideline on the run game. So that's my pick for the Raiders. Cool. I like that pick a lot. Um, tough name to pronounce, though. I'll give you credit for doing <laughs> what you get there. Uh, this is this is tough for me. I I think this could be a team that might surprise people and take a quarterback. Um, Derek Carr has had his highs, he's had his lows. Uh, not sure how much he has left. He's not necessarily an o- old quarterback, but I just don't see him progressing much. Um, so I, I I went back and forth between uh, going defense here and going with Trey Lance from mm. uh, North Dakota State. Uh, and I ended up landing on Trey Lance. Um, I think there's going to be one team that kind of like people don't really expect them to take a quarterback necessarily, but because this is such a quarterback heavy draft, uh, they don't pass up on it. Um, and I think, you know, Mar- Mar- Mariota's the backup right now in Oakland, great backup. Um, but I, I, I think Trey Lance is going to be a better, just a better fit, better quarterback. Uh, he's gotten, he's got one of the best arms in the draft, I'd say. Uh, he's still really young, so he can, he can, develop and we don't really know what his ceiling is yet especially since we didn't really see him nobody really saw him play this year because the fcs season was in the spring um but i go i go yeah i go trey lance here at the raiders i like that it's uh that's one i didn't really think about um i'm curious how he does um i'll go later in the draft i'll tell you who picks trey lance but let's get to the 18th pick so go ahead miami dolphins are on the clock all right with the 18th pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Phillips. Me too. I selected him too. Oh, really? <laughs> edge. He's an edge defender from Miami, Florida. Uh, 6'5", 266, has great size. Uh, 
Um, I think he, I mean, he, he could probably go earlier in the draft. I think, I think he's got really strong upside. He had a great 2020 season. Um, and he's just, he's definitely a lock for first round talent, I believe. Um, and I, I, I think Miami would get a steal if they get him, uh, this late in the draft. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, you hit, you hit the nail. Um, yeah, Jalen Phillips was my pick. He could be one of the best edge rushers. Um, he's super explosive, and Miami just produces great defensive talent. Um, and yeah, they already got the offensive um, struggles kind of figured out in the first in the first pick. Um, I think an edge rusher is something that they're they're lacking in. So moving forward with the 19th pick, I got the Washington Football Team selecting tackle from Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. I watched some highlights and an analysis video on him, and this man is a beast. He's just, <laughs> like, very aggressive, and he will just, like, demoralize you after the play. Uh, he He's just super big, and, and Oklahoma State did pretty well that year, too. But the Washington football team, they're second they're – the, they're, the, they're tied for second for worst in sacks allowed. Wow. And now that Alex Smith's retired – they need to make sure that they protect. Um, I believe their quarterback is. Um, uh, don't tell me. Uh, Fitz Magic. Uh, is it? I think so. I, can, I cannot tell you either. I'm honestly. I want to say. I'll. I'll correct myself if I know. Um, I'll but, check it real quick. Okay. <laughs> when well, you do that, I'll kind of go over more about the pick. But yeah, yeah, they need to protect their quarterback, and they have. They have the. They have a quarterback. Figure out now. But I think next year we can definitely see the, the football team selecting a new quarterback into the draft of 2022. It uh, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. It is Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick. He's a great quarterback, too, and you got to protect him. He's old. He's an older yeah. quarterback who who's very intelligent. He went to Harvard. He didn't know that. Uh, and I think Tevin Jenkins can be a great asset for this team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am – well, first off, shout-out to Alex Smith. Uh, just retired uh, this past week. What a great story, comeback story. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball with this pick, uh, and I'm gonna take an edge rusher from Tulsa. Tulsa getting in the first round, uh, Zayvon Collins. Um, they don't have. I think that yeah. I think this is probably the safest pick for them. Uh, I think he'll really help the defense with uh, Young, Chase Young. Um, I think that defense is just. I think Washington started to show a lot of lot of life um towards the end of last year which like the giants did uh, i think they're trending in a good direction um so i think they they go and they improve their defense i like that pick because i know ron revere is a defensive minded he coach um, so that's a great pick <laughs> uh go ahead and oh yeah the 20th pick who did the chicago bears take oh, the bears the bears will take not the most exciting pick i know bears <laughs> fans they, they want they need something to be excited about um, but I'm going to go with Greg Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern, second Northwestern player to go in the first round. That's uh, they were, sh- shout they were out good to, this year. Yeah, too. shout out to Pat Fitzgerald, developing a great, great program there. Uh, and and Newsom definitely had a really great year, um, and he could provide some some depth to the secondary. The Bears, you know, they have they brought in Dalton. Well, they. Will they trade up to go get another quarterback? I, I, I feel like they probably won't with Foles and Dalton on the roster. But I don't know. I, I, I almost wonder if they might if they might try to sneak in and get a quarterback somewhere. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I do like that pick. 
Um, I want to give Bears some hope. I think the draft will be a shocker, and like the Falcons and the Broncos won't select a quarterback of the future, which will leave Trey Lance available for the taking. Ooh. You mentioned the Raiders are going to take Trey Lance, but I'm going to predict that they won't. They won't, and the Bears will take him in the tw- with the 20th pick. Mm. It's a depressing franchise. We here at work, everyone's always sad about the Bears. <laughs> it is. And this would be the cor- like I believe the correct move would take an O line piece, but I think Ryan Pace needs to make up to what he has done to Bears fans this offseason. <laughs> Even though he knows it's not the smartest choice, it's gonna make the fans the most happy. Yeah. They're most likely gonna take Trey Lance in the first round and their next pick will take an O line piece. And this and it, the, the good news is this draft is also pretty heavy in the old line so there's plenty of oppor- there's plenty of sure. options yeah and like i like tra- i actually i'm not gonna say i like trey lance i like what could be of trey lance his upside he's, he's very mobile he has a really good arm i'm just not 100 sold in him because i've never seen him play against elite talent um not to mention and then on top of that he didn't play this year um because his team didn't play until the spring obviously he opted out of that all right yeah ready for the draft but he has some really great potential. I just want to see what he does on the bigger spotlight. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm really, he's probably the quarterback I'm like the most interested to see how he develops because I think he's got. He just he just looks like a fun quarterback to watch. But you have to remember, Carson Wentz came from the same school and he was the MVP. That's true. So he, yeah, anything can happen. He was. And speaking of Carson Wentz, our next pick, the, Indi- the, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Yeah. Go ahead. Is that me? Yeah, All go right. ahead. I'll let you have this one. All right. Yeah, I'm a big, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most people listening, <laughs> I'm a huge Indianapolis Colts fan, originally from Indiana. Uh, I'm a big fan of a Carson Wentz move. I think uh, him and Frank Reich, uh, our coach, uh, the stars aligned when they were both in Philly together. And I think they can align again once once more. I don't think I'm ready to give up on Carson Wentz. That being said, we got to protect him. We had, we've, we've always had one of the best, for the past probably like five to ten, five to six years, we've had one that's like the most solid offensive lines uh, in the NFL, and that was big thanks to Anthony Costanzo. is uh, an absolute beast. Uh, however, this offseason, he retired. Um, so I think that we will replace him and we'll go offensive line. Colts don't always have the most exciting first-round picks in the draft if they have a first-round pick. Um, so I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins, who is out of Oklahoma State. 6'6", 320, just a s- solid player, solid prospect. Um, I think he will be he'll be a great left or right tackle for this team moving forward. I mean, I didn't pick Jenkins, but I'll, I'm literally happy for any team that takes him, even if it's like the Chiefs or someone that doesn't re- – well, actually, not the Chiefs, they need a piece. But any mm-hmm. powerhouse team that doesn't need him, I'd still be happy that he he gets picked in the first round. But I'm going to go with Rondell Moore for Ooh. the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are an upward trend since the Carson Wentz acquisition, and he has some great help. He has some great um, help on his side, which includes uh, Michael Pittman Jr. And then you got running back um, Jonathan Taylor, who I'm a big fan of because I'm a oh, big yeah. Wisconsin uh-huh. fan. Um, but I think he needs more. Um, I, you mentioned the O-line piece. Um, I did not know that one of them retired, yeah. which is why I didn't pick an O-line piece considering the fact that they allowed one of the least amount of sacks in the league. So I'm curious if they go with your O-line pick or yeah. just the position or they go in my direction with Rondell Moore for wide receiver. Um, but either way, I d- if it's your yeah. pick or my pick, I'd be happy with it. I, I definitely agree with you. I think, that, I think that the Colts have a Super Bowl caliber defense. I think their defense – can win a, is a defense that can win a Super Bowl. Uh, they have people everywhere 
playmakers everywhere. I think their offense is also very close. I'm, I'm very excited to see what – I think their offense really depends on Jonathan Taylor, how he develops this offseason from his first to second year, and how Carson Wentz does. I mean, Phillip Rivers had a pretty – he had a pretty okay season. And we still – we were right there. Um, had a great – the Colts were – had a good record, great season. Um, but I think we are – I feel like we are one wide receiver away from being – from our offense really peaking. Um, we'll see what T.Y. Hilton does this year. But So, yeah, I really do like that pick. Uh, cool. Uh, one second. I think it's yep, – I'll lead this one. Um, this one's a little tough for me. This is the 22nd pick for the Tennessee Titans. I didn't look too thoroughly into what they need, but I'm going to just go on a limb and just say that they're going to pick Christian Derrishaw um, as a tackle. Um, end of the day, like, I always go – Protect your quarterback first, mm-hmm. and you can not, you can never have too many um, O line pieces. And I think this could be something the Titans could take advantage of, since this is a very deep um, lineman draft as well as a yeah. quarterback draft. I feel like Tannehill, you know, he's not he's not leaving the pocket too often, so might as well make him comfortable while he's there, you know. <laughs> right. Um, this pick, I uh, I went defense. I went uh, Carlos Basham Jr. who's another edge rusher. He's from Wake Forest. Six five two eighty five. Um, he immediately he immediately makes that defense better. He's a I think he's first round talent. Somebody will take him if he isn't off the board at this point. Um, and I mean <laughs> think about think about the AFC South quarterbacks they have now. I mean Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, uh, Deshaun Watson. So somebody's got to if he has a job. Still. Yeah, we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. That's a little bit of a mess right now. But somebody's got to get after those quarterbacks. So I think I think the Titans make their defensive line better. That's a good point. I like that. Uh, go ahead and lead off with the 23rd pick, which belongs to the New York Jets. Yeah, Jets have two first-round picks. This one came from – I think this was a trade of the Seahawks. I'm not sure where how, where it came from exactly. Um, yeah, I, I went back and forth between a couple players here. Uh, but I think I think they can get better at – they're running back right now. I, I couldn't tell you who it is. They, I think since they got Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell project didn't really pay off. Um, I think they will <laughs> take a running back. I think it's not one, Frank Gore, is it? He he was on the roster last year. <laughs> I don't think he was a starter. I think they have a they, they have a rung a young uh, running back. Okay, but I think they can immediately upgrade uh, their running game uh, if they pick Travis Etienne from Clemson. Ooh. He stayed in school an extra year to develop. Uh, he stayed all four years um he is he was really underappreciated and kind of flew under the radar on that team with trevor lawrence uh, but he was he was an incredible running back i, I believe he broke a couple of uh, school records um i think he'd be a great pick to pair with um zach wilson for byu i think jets fans would be really really excited if they had that big of an offensive upgrade oh yeah oh, yeah i like travis uh he He's definitely one of the top running backs in this mm-hmm. draft. Um, but I'm going to go with an edge rusher. Um, what's his name? Um, Quiddy Payne. Quiddy Payne. How do you pronounce it right? Quiddy Payne? I think so, yeah. He's the, he's the one from Michigan, I believe. Okay, because I think I misspelled it on my notes. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Payne because Robert Sal, the new head coach, he's from the 49ers. He's a defensive-minded coach, hence sure. his position with um, San Francisco. He, they already addressed an offensive um, piece in the first pick that they have. And I think addressing the defensive side is what he's going to um, 
and intuitively go for first. And I don't really know any big edge rushers on the Jets, and I think this could be a position they could fill. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Travis Etienne, and which is why I'm going to go for the 24th pick. The Pittsburgh Steelers take Najee Harris. Ooh. Uh, Steelers had a very pedestrian run game, and it doesn't help that James Conner just left the Steelers. So why not find someone else to take his role? Yeah. Najee Harris is just so fun to watch. He's an NFL size. He uses great vision when he makes his runs. He's not the best like receiver running back, which is pretty popular amongst running backs now, but that can be worked on. I like it. I like to watch him, and I think the Steelers won't regret this pick. Yeah, uh, I like that pick a lot. I think he would. I think he would fit in really well there. Um, let's see, what do I have for Pittsburgh? Um, I I went with a wide receiver for Pittsburgh. Actually, okay. Um, I went with Kadarius Tony from uh, Florida. Uh, I think he's kind of a underappreciated wide receiver in this draft. Uh, I think he had a great career at florida was he the one that threw the shoe (laughs) (laughs) do do you remember that i can't remember for sure if he he was the one or not it might have been (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) that'll probably overshadow a bit of his college career but you know he doesn't have a lot of great size he's only he's only six feet uh, but he's got speed and i feel like um the steelers already have a a great young uh wide receiving core and i feel like he could be a really great um, addition to that uh yeah uh i do like that pick uh very much and okay i'm losing track of my notes okay <laughs> oh now we're into the 25th pick 25th? uh you can go to lead this one off this, this one belongs the, to the jaguars the jaguars all right so after selecting an offensive piece and trevor lawrence uh they go to the defensive side of the ball and they get a cornerback from virginia tech named caleb farley mm. um he has, he's coming off some, some uh, injuries, back injuries, um, which I think might be why he slips this far in the draft. Um, but I think before he was injured, he was a top 15 talent. Um, had a great, great career at Virginia Tech for the Hokies. Uh, he's coming out, coming out after his junior year. Um, but I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the draft. And I think he'll be um, – I mean, if you, if you leave the first round of Trevor Lawrence and Caleb Farley, uh, there's not much to be upset about. That's a good matchup on with two picks in the first round. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the route I'll always go with, uh, and I'd say they're going to get some protection for him. Um, I think for, if they're smart, which I believe Urban Meyer is a smart coach, he will f- find some protection for Trevor since he's got so many great pieces in the offseason because everyone wants to go to Florida now all of a sudden, <laughs> and they're going to get um, Dylan Redunce uh, for a tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean – as I mentioned, there's plenty of tackles, um, and they're all great. And why not just get one if, you, if it's available? So moving forward to the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns will get Jason Owe, um, edge rusher. Miles Garrett needs a needs a Robin to his Batman. I think this guy will be the perfect fit to complement his um, his uh, playmaking. Not playmaking, just his play style, just beating up quarterbacks. <laughs> and if these guys can both pair up, it'll be real hard to – It'd be real hard to stop him. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, we're, we're doing Cleveland, right? Yeah, the Browns. Yeah, Cleveland 26. Yeah, I think their their offense is, is pretty – they have good weapons. I think they have their quarterback now. Um, I think they will they will go to the defensive side of the ball, um, which is why. Uh, and then they just got Jadavion Clowney this past week – or very recently as well. They signed him. Um, so I think they go – 
they make that defensive line even better, and they get Christian Barmore, a defensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, he's 6'5", 3'10". Uh, he'll, he'll be a great fit there. Uh, not a whole lot to say about this. I just think he, came, he had a great season uh, last year at Alabama, and he's not the most exciting pick, obviously, for Cleveland because they already have so many weapons. Browns fans will probably just want another one. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this is my pick for the Browns. I like that one. Uh, next is the Baltimore Ravens with the 27th pick. Who do you have? I have them going defense. I have them Ooh. going with Aziz Ojulari, uh, who's an edge rusher from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably one of the better defenders, if not the best defender on that Georgia defense last year. Um, and I think a lot a lot of Georgia players will get drafted in this draft. I think I think he's the first one to go off the board, though, right? Yep. So I think it's the first one I've got through so far. So, yeah, not a, not a ton to go into about this one. I just think it's a great pick for them. Uh, Aziz Ojulari. Cool. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go offense on this one, and the Ravens will take Elijah Moore, um, the wide receiver. Uh, Lamar Jackson, um, they obviously, they're obviously they pretty invested in him. He has a great relationship um, with his head coach. And I th- and people complain, especially fans, saying that he needs some he needs some wide receiver help. I don't really know too many star wide receivers that he has available to him. And, yeah, I think Elijah Moore would be a good fit for him. Sweet. Yeah. I think that's a good pick as well. Um, let's see. I think we're on to the New Orleans Saints, aren't we? Yeah, 28th. 28th. Mm-hmm. Saints have had an interesting offseason. Their, <laughs> uh, their hero, Drew Brees, has retired. He's done. Um, and their start, starting quarterback is – are they going to go with – Hill? Taysom Hill? Well, they got Hill, and they also have um, Winston. James Winston. Yeah. I'll be in. I think they're going to have a battle. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I still think they have a lot of great weapons on the offensive side of the ball uh, with, obviously, Alvin Kamara, the fantasy beast. I'll probably go – I've not really looked at fantasy football projections yet, but I think he'd probably, be, probably go one or two um, after last season. Uh, so I'm going to go on the defense, um, just a safe pick with uh, a linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Um, I think he's uh, is very athletic, has speed uh, to come off the edge, uh, and he'll make he'll be a big upgrade to their defense. I like that pick. Um, as much as Alvin Kamara is a Swiss Army knife, he can do it all. Um, Missing Michael Thomas for a few games definitely hurt their pass game, and they realize that. Yeah. And they don't want a situation where they don't have a pass game. So I think they're going to take um, Cladarius Tony um, from Florida as their wide receiver pick. Ooh. He's very fast, and very fluid, and I think he can complement um, the offense pretty well. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think, oh, I get to do the Green Bay Packers, right? All right, yeah. All right, with the 29th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers select A.J. Ortega from Iowa State University <laughs> as quarterback for Aaron Rodgers' replacement starting this season. Just kidding. The Green Bay Packers are probably going to select mm, J.C. Horn, cornerback. They just signed Kevin King one more year, and I don't think he's going to be there very much longer, especially after what he did in the NFC Championship game against the Bucks, where he allowed that half that uh, halftime touchdown, which was very hard to watch. And the Packers have proved – people like to complain that the Packers don't give Aaron Rodgers help. I agree. But here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has proved time to time, time and time, that he can 
turn non-first-round talent into star receivers or at least receivers good enough to, you know, kind of make some shit happen. <laughs> and J.C. Horn is a versatile cornerback who can not only, like, cover the the outside, he cannot cover from inside, but the, excuse me, cannot cover from outside, but he can also cover the slot positions as well. So he's very dynamic. He can cover a lot of ground, which I think would be very helpful to kind of help with um, Kevin King or anybody out there that needs help on the secondary. I mean, he's faced some very talented receivers um, when he while he was at um, South Carolina, receivers from Alabama, yeah. LSU, That's true. and he's been playing for them for three years. So he has he has what it takes to cover these top receivers, and I think that would be beneficial for the Packers. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they do go uh, defense here, and I think they. I, I have J.C. Horn going off the board earlier, so I don't I don't have him don't have him available. But I think what you were saying about their wide receivers is also correct. I think that. I think I think they if they don't go <laughs> if they don't go with the cornerback or a defender here they might they might go wide receiver just cuz they feel bad Aaron Rodgers kind of got mad after last year's draft that they <laughs> didn't draft him any help um but I have them going with Asante Samuel uh who's a cornerback out of Florida State uh just a really solid player um I think he's he's worth the first round pick um yeah I had a great career at Florida State one of the best cornerback prospects in the draft um, yeah, so it's not to Samuel. Green Bay, Green Bay Packers. Great. I like the position choice. <laughs> um, since we went through our teams now, we can kind of skim through these last three. So yeah. the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills, I have them getting um, Aziz um, Olalari um, as an edge rusher. Uh, Buffalo Bills don't really have much of a star edge rusher, and I think he could fill that spot. Yeah, I think, uh, let's see, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, one of the f- – most exciting teams in football last year, in my opinion. They were so fun oh, to watch. I do. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs. Wow, what a, what a combo. Um, yeah, I, I went with Jason Owe. Owa. Uh, he's an edge rusher from Penn State. Um, I think he'll be a good fit there for their defense. I think their offense, they might, give, they might go get some help for their offense in the later rounds, but I think they – have a very electric uh, and dangerous offense right now. So I think they go on the defensive side of the ball. Cool. And then the 31st pick goes to the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. I don't think they're going to go offense. I think they're pretty pretty settled on on the offense, and they won't take an offensive player uh, this early in the draft. Uh, I believe I have them – yeah, I have them taking Levi Onwuzuriki, uh, a defensive lineman from Washington. Um, I think they'll help. He'll help make their uh, defensive line um, a lot better. Uh, and I think I think the Chiefs are probably going. I, I I see them. I see them getting back to the Super Bowl again this year. So cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm going offense. I'm going offensive line with Samuel Kosmi. Uh, he's a tackle from Texas, I believe. Patrick Mahomes, as we saw in the Super Bowl, was kind of running from his life running for his <laughs> life against the Bucks. But here's the thing, though. Patrick Mahomes, he's very uh, – he gets a little anxious. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like to stand still. He likes to get out of the pocket. Exactly. He has this thing where he backpedals way too much, kind of how Josh Allen does. It's not that his pocket his pocket or his linemen aren't very good. It's just they're not perfect for him to kind of stay, stay within. And I think getting a little extra protection will kind of keep him at ease in terms of throwing within the pocket. So yeah. that's that's who I'm going to go with for the Chiefs. Yeah, good good pick. I think that I think, uh, I think the tackle would be a great pick for them as well. Um, 
So I guess the last pick we have the Buccaneers. Um, I think I will lead this one. Right. Um, there's not much really. The Bucks have worked. Um, they have 22 returners. Yeah. It's they don't really need. They should anyone. just they should just trade their first round pick. That's not a bad idea. Maybe, <laughs> who knows? Maybe they might trade their first round pick to get a quarterback for the future. Maybe they that'd would. be some nice juice for ESPN. Who, who would they pick though? Um, I don't know. If they trade you. You're saying <laughs> if they trade it up. They trade it up to try to get one. I don't know. Because the only one left, I think, is Kyle Trask, right? You got Kellen Mod. Kellen Mod, yeah. He's one of my dark horse picks for this draft. Yeah, I, I would watch out for him. But yeah, yeah. I think the Bucks are going to pick uh, Caleb Farley, cornerback. Uh, rush defense was exceptional. Pass game could use some help. They allowed a lot of uh, yards in a couple games, especially the first match against the Chiefs, where they allowed three, 450 yards. Yeah. And then against the Rams, they allowed 376. These are all passing yards, I must note. So any help in the secondary would be beneficial. I mean, he's great. He's strong, 6'2", and he'd be good. He'd be, uh, I think he'd be a good asset. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat here. I think they go after, they go after the secondary, making their secondary better. Um, I think that that's the area. I don't think other areas really need that much improvement. So I'm going to go with um, Trevon Mooring. He's a safety from T TCU. I think they go, and they. They make that secondary better. I think they – I don't know if they'll make it back to the Super Bowl this year or not, but I think they'll make it pretty far in the playoffs. I just uh, – I, I follow YouTube content, some Packers stuff, and there's a video. Um, his name's Tom Grassi. He's a Packers YouTuber. He has a video called, Are the Packers Trading Jordan Love to the Patriots? Ooh, interesting. That'd be an interesting thing. Yeah, that'd be that'd – be, then I wouldn't know, be surprised. Then you know I'm going to be the next starter for the Packers if Jordan Love's <laughs> out of the picture. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Um, wow, Watson, we went through the whole first round. Woo. Are you ready for the second round? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I want to – that would take all day. I, I might got, need like a gallon of water before we get there. <laughs> I also need food. I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really like all the picks we made. Um, some of them were similar, and I liked how some of them are different. But we at least we – gave some thought into why we made these picks yeah um some people sure. just like yeah i'm just gonna guess <laughs> um hopefully we, we kind of guessed but we had a couple of guesses in there probably yeah we did so do the experts it, exactly it's just how you say it is what yeah is what matters <laughs> um you wanted to mention some uh college basketball so what's up with um college basketball we got about 10 15 minutes why not okay yeah yeah sure no I'm, college basketball has always been my favorite sport it's probably the sport i get distracted the most at work talking about uh, especially during March Madness the last few weeks. We talked a lot about it, and we probably, yeah. talked, probably talked every day about something going on with our brackets or upsets. Um, but, yeah, this offseason we've had some some big coaching changes. Mm. Um, some blue bloods are getting some new coaches. Some new bloods are getting some coaches. Um, been, lots of, been lots of activity happening. Um, so I kind of like just kind of like compiled a list of my top five most important coaching changes Ooh. that have happened in college basketball. Not necessarily the most biggest, but the most important. So, you want, you just want me to go into it? Go ahead, man. Okay, cool. Uh, so, number five, I have Shaka Smart going to Marquette. And this is important because I think a lot of people are getting concerned that if Shaka Smart, after their first-round exit in the in March Madness this year, if he didn't perform well next year, he would get fired. So, I think that this is a safe, a really safe move for him because now he doesn't have to worry about that. He's got a contract at Marquette. I think his style of basketball um, will fit in really well in the Big East, uh, the defensive-minded basketball. Um, I think Marquette has players left over from their previous coach still that will 
um, be a good fit for him and his style of play. So Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart to Marquette is my fifth on most important. Um, my fourth is uh, everybody's favorite coach, Porter Moser, hmm. uh, the coach from Loyola. Uh, he took the job at Oklahoma. Um, now this is an interesting. This is interesting for me because he could have gone to better schools, um, more historic programs. Oklahoma. There's really no pressure there for him to be great. You know. Uh, I mean, the Big 12 is already probably the second best conference in the, na- in the nation right now, behind arguably at the Big 10. Um, so I got Porter Moser at number four. It'll be really fun to see what he does after having so much uh, tournament success at Loyola and just overall success. I mean, they were one or two in the Missouri Valley Conference every year. Um, number three is Chris Beard to Texas, uh, coming over from Texas Tech, who we took to the national championship in 2019. Uh, Chris Beard is... He was one of my, as an Indiana fan, I was looking at getting him for the Indiana position. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's an interesting move going from Texas Tech to Texas. I mean, it feels almost uh, like a lateral move in some way. I mean, he had a great he had a great roster at Texas Tech. He took him to the national championship game. Um, but Texas is his alma mater. I think it's eventually where he wanted to end up back, uh, end up back at. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Texas competes competes in the Big 12 after being competitive uh, this past season. Um, number two was um, kind of caught people off guard. I mean, it's probably going to happen eventually. Roy, Roy Williams retired in North Carolina, um, and his lead assistant, Hubert Davis, who played there, uh, is taking over. Um, I'm putting this as my number two on the most important because uh, because it's such a – historic prestigious program there's so much pressure this is like the opposite of porter moser at oklahoma there's so much pressure here for davis to succeed if he doesn't you know put together a winning team in the first few years he's going to be out um unc is a program that cannot have uh back-to-back bad seasons i mean it's just not it's not there and they're they're who they are their dna um my first uh one save the best for last as an Indiana fan, um, this I picked Mike Woodson, who got hired at IU from the New York Knicks. Um, there's uh, so much pressure at Indiana to succeed um, after the Bobby Knight era, and there's just not been a really a coach that's fit really well. Um, that we've always gotten guys, non-Indiana guys. So Mike Woodson played at IU under Bobby Knight, um, bringing in a piece of that of that recent of that success they had. Uh, before the two in the 80s and 90s and 70s of the Bobby Knight teams, uh, bringing in somebody who understands the culture, um, the program. Uh, that, that's he's got he's got to turn the program around because the last four years under Archie Miller were they were they were really tough to watch, um, and he's already had some. He picked up a transfer from Northwestern today, Miller Cop, and he picked up a four star yesterday uh, who had committed to Texas, but then decommitted when Shaka Smart went to Marquette. So now he committed to Indiana. So he's doing. He's, he's had a couple of really good weeks. He's assembled a really good staff. Uh, and I'm really excited for the future of Indiana basketball. We'll see what happens. Wow, man. That's some really interesting stuff. I didn't know about some of these um, coaching changes. But my yeah. question is, so you meant, you didn't, when you mentioned the UNC position, how they got filled by someone within the program, mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's probably one of the most pressuring jobs because it's a program that's been around and dominated basketball for decades. Yeah. Do you think that is the best pick, or did you see someone else as a better option, even though you know it wasn't likely going to happen? 
you know, hiring, hiring in-house, hiring former alumni of your school kind of seems to be like the trendy move right now just because of Juwan, uh, Juwan Howard's success at Michigan as a former Michigan player. And they have the num- Michigan has the number one, number one recruiting class uh, in the country next year. They have, I think, two five-stars, two four-stars. So it's kind of like the, the hot move to do that, to, make, to hire somebody who played at that school. I think that Mark Few would have been I, – I think there's very few jobs in the country that Mark Few would, would um, leave Gonzaga for. I think North Carolina would have been one of them. I'm not sure if the timing was part of the issue there because Mark Few was playing in the national championship game. North Carolina hired Davis, I think, a week or two before that. I can't remember how the timing went down. Um, I think Few could end up leaving for Duke when Coach K retires. I don't know if Few – maybe Few will stay in Gonzaga forever. But as far as other picks for UNC, they were looking at Wes Miller, who was the coach of uh, North Carolina Greensboro. He also played in North Carolina. He's one of the youngest coaches in college basketball. I think he's 38 or so. Um, that was another person they were looking at. There wasn't anybody that really jumped off the board to me after Mark Few. So I think I think it's a safe choice to go Hubert Davis. Um, nobody's going to be upset at it, really, because he's a North Carolina guy. He's been there under Roy, Roy Williams. But he's going to have a tough first year because they've lost a lot of players to transfer, a lot of players to graduation. So see what happens. Yeah, and I think kind of what led to Roy Williams' retirement was he was starting to see that decline in terms of production mm-hmm. and talent. Like he's even said on on tape, uh, like in a press interview, well, we don't have much talent. We don't have any talented players this year. Yeah. And I think he's starting to realize because coaching college basketball, talent is a very big deal. Getting, yeah. Recruiting talent is, is part of the job. The same thing with college football. That's why Alabama and Clemson, they keep on going back to the championship game so many times is because they just have this endless cycle of just getting the, the top talented um, players. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why Roy Williams kind of thought, like, yeah, I think retirement Maybe would be a good idea. Yeah. I don't want to – either yeah, – he doesn't want to <laughs> be remembered as, like, having a very bad end to his career. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Indiana job. I mentioned this to you. So there was a rumors – I believe it's even confirmed that – they offered the job to Brad Stevens, they but did. he said no. And, and I think Brad Stevens is your dude, so yeah. I'm sure you're pretty bummed to hear that he um, declined it. Do you know for sure, like, what was the main reasons? Is it because he just uh, wanted to I'm not really stay sure. as a man? Yeah, I, I feel like he might have – I feel like he might have wanted to go to Indiana, but that he couldn't just because of the timing. The timing of the NBA season, you can't wait to hire a coach until – when's the NBA season over? June, early June? Yeah. You can't wait that long to start – start your next you know your next head coach start coaching a college program uh, i don't think he would have left boston in the middle of the season so i kind of feel like maybe he was he was slightly interested in it i mean it was i don't know if you saw the contract he was offered but he was offered seven years 70 million dollars that's 10 million dollars a year that's almost twice as much i think as uh as archie miller was making a year for the previous coach about you <laughs> so i think yeah i think it would have been really fun to have brad stevens he seems like the perfect fit um, but I'm really excited and happy to see what uh, what's in Coach Woody's doing so far. Yeah, um, so. it makes sense why they offer Brad Stevens so much. It's just like any job. Like if you work at a top agency or firm, mm-hmm. it only makes sense that your next um, position would match that or be somewhat in that ball range if you get offered a, posi- a job. True. So, yeah, it doesn't help for Indiana that they had to offer Brad Stevens so much to match his salary of what he's making in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I mean, Brad Stevens, I, when I think of Brad Stevens, I don't think of him as an NBA coach. I think of him as 
a call a more college basketball coach because mm-hmm. that's where he was most that's where his like legacy started he was a young guy yeah he brought butler to this to the final not the final not the final no he did bring him to the final four he correct? brought him to the national championship oh game. it's right yeah. and but he brought butler back on the map yeah when they weren't that great of a team right and he did at such a young age it was even more impressive mm-hmm. it just showed like he was just that smart yeah um, but it's unfortunate. I wanted him to take the job um, for yeah. your sake, but that just wasn't it. And I think maybe it would have been the better choice. Yeah. I mean, it would have been an awesome move for just for like college basketball, having Brad Stevens back. I mean, that would have been crazy. It would have been awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, anything else you want to touch up on? Man. Uh, I thought I can really think of. Did you have any, like, dark horses in the NFL draft? One player you think who might go in a later round who could stand oh, out. The next, good, oh, I mean the next Tom Brady? <laughs> Gosh. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't I don't know any Patrick Mahomes guys that are going to show up. Yeah. We were talking about Kellen Mond earlier. Yeah, yeah. Him. I, I want to see him succeed. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M, um, he did tie, I think, a season record or career record. Oh, wow. He did something where it was like Johnny Manziel even gave him some hype. Like, it was like that kind of esque of like success he brought to Texas A&M. Yeah. It wow. might have been like a career highlight, but hey, man, he, he did some good stuff at A&M. And yeah. I, I don't see why he can't do the same um, for the NFL. Yeah. I think, he, I think he could be a, I think he's like, I think he's the next prospect after Trask, who I'm not very excited about. Uh, I don't know. I just, there's nothing really exciting about him. I mean, he, Trask was solid. But I think Mond has a higher upside than Trask. I think Mond uh, has a lot to offer the NFL. I think he could find a spot on a team somewhere. My dark horse was um, Trey Sermon, Oh yeah, the running back from Ohio State. Um, he battled a lot of injuries in his college career, uh, which kind of weighed him down a little bit. Um, but he, had a, he's re- <laughs> he really started to break out at the end of last season. Um, I think when Master Teague went down with an injury. Oh, yeah. Um, Sermon had, I think I wrote down here, he had a combined 524 yards between the conference championship game, the Big Ten Conference Championship, and the semifinal. I mean, he went off in that semifinal. Um, so I think if he can stay healthy, I think if he continue to um, continue to grow upon his recent performances in college, he could find a spot on a team, and he could really take off. Oh, yeah. Um, i trying to think. There's another one. Um, but, yeah. Trey Sermon, I did like to see. I liked him in Oklahoma. I yeah, he did had some good some good games there, and then when he transferred to Ohio State, like ugh, they're going to be a nasty team to watch. <laughs> um, but I know like one receiver who actually played at your team. He's probably going to be a prospect next season, and that was um, uh, what was his name? He's the receiver for Indiana. Uh, oh man, I'm blanking. You know what I'm talking about? He's kind of so. he's pretty lanky. Um yeah, uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, look up any look up Indiana wide receivers. Indiana quick. wide receivers. Yeah, I, I'm a, I can't I always blink on this. I literally kind of stuff. I literally have him Fro- Ty Frogel? Oh yeah, Ty Frogel. Yeah. yeah he's pretty I liked him I liked him at Indiana and he's still there, I believe, so I think he'll probably be a prospect next year. Yeah, he year. decided to come back for another year. Yeah, he was dope. I, I really like to watch him. He, so. he really had a breakout game against uh, Ohio State. Oh, I yeah, think he had like that's, that's why I kind of noticed 200-something yards of receiving in that game. And, and it he was, did it more than once, too. Yeah, he had a couple. That's when we had uh, that's when we had Michael Penix before he got injured, our mm-hmm. quarterback. 
Uh, him and Freifogel really had a great connection. And, yeah, Freifogel had some really big games. Definitely very excited he's coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would be too. Um, yeah, I watch every, I've been I've been watching Indiana for the past couple of years, and then they've been in an upward trend. Oh, yeah. And I knew they were going to have that breakout. I said on my one of my first episodes of this show um, before when the Big Ten schedule came out that, yeah, watch out. They're going to have a better record than they did the previous year, and they did. Yeah. It was actually better than I expected. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect them to take out my poor Badgers out so badly. Oh, right. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see um, them play again. Do you, do you see who they're playing in the first few weeks of the season this year? Not yet. Who? Cincinnati. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. So uh, the Ritter, the Ritter matchup thought you would be interesting. Uh, see uh, SEO Dan. It'll be a matchup between me and him at work. Oh, yeah. He's a big Cincinnati fan. Yeah, I feel bad for <laughs> SEO Dan um, with, with the, the college basketball head coach. Oh, His head yeah. coach goes to UCLA, and they make it to the final yeah. four. <laughs> and then their, their replacement at Cincinnati gets fired after two seasons. <laughs> Poor Dan. Oh, man. It's uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Hudson. I appreciate you coming in to yeah. to do an episode. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, I admit, I'll admit, I was a little nervous at first because I wasn't <laughs> super prepared for this mock draft. But once yeah. we kind of got the ball rolling, and we got our picks. It just started flowing real nicely. So yeah, we, had sure. a, we had a good episode. Yeah, it's um, super fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do this again sometime. Maybe oh, next season. Um, yeah. I'm getting close to my break. Cause usually, I go on break every ten episodes. Okay, just to kind of decompress. Because we can do a college basketball preview episode maybe next um, season. Yeah, yeah, at some point. Definitely, probably t- close closer towards the end of ne- next season. Yeah, because I think college basketball starts in November. Uh, yeah, sounds right. Okay. October or November. Middle yeah. end of next season, we can definitely yeah. touch up again. Um, well, thanks for coming again, definitely. and thanks to everybody for listening to our mock draft and also a little bit of some college basketball and head coaching changes. So remember to like, subscribe, and share this content with a friend. Every little bit helps. Um, so I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care.